Hi, Annabelle. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. 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 I think I'm between parks. <laughs> there might be more. It's hard to tell. It's one of those days between the garbage men and the delivery men and the mailman. It's it's a very parky house. <laughs> We should add your pups' names on the podcast because yeah, they start so much. I know they make a cameo, and sometimes you hear their, their nails. And I know, or, or their so tail. Funny. I think last week I heard his tail. <laughs> oh, that's funny! You hear their little nails clicking, yeah. clicking on the floor. Yeah, the nails and the tails. <laughs> oh, wow! I don't know if it was a tail, but I remember when I was trying to edit it, I heard a womp, 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 and I'm like, I'm that, sure that must be tail. the tail. That's yeah, funny. definitely was. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> You're that girl, oh. you're famous. Yay! Yeah, now they're going to be totally quiet. They're like, too no, shy. De- too shy. <laughs> shy is definitely not a word in their vocabulary. Like sands through the hourglass, this is listen and learn or not. <laughs> Do you, do you guys realize that every week in 2021, we've had major drama to talk about? Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Yeah. I feel it was, like it's still 2020. Like whatever, like the 13th month of 2020 is. Right. That's what we're in. <laughs> I love that. Right. And I, I thought that this week, for once, we would have a little bit of a, a respite. A lull. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like yesterday, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security put out a national terrorism advisory bulletin. I did not know that. So yesterday, the DHS sent out an alert saying that there is now a heightened threat in the U.S. Well, I've heard the, the PSA, you know, see something, say something, but I didn't know right. there was an alert. How? How? I work in radio. How have I not heard this? Is this one of those we went from the color yellow to the color orange kind of things? I don't know what color it is. If you even look on their website, dhs.gov, it's like out there. Maybe it's something you just got to look for. I heard on Como for sure. Some of the national news organizations as well. What it says, fueled by false narratives, especially unfounded claims about the 2020 presidential election could lead some inside the country to launch attacks in the coming weeks. Wow. Yeah, and it's interesting. So yeah. here it is. Uh, it's dated January 27, 2021. The Acting Secretary of Homeland Security has issued a National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin today. After consultation with the intelligence community and law enforcement partners, there is currently a heightened threat environment across the United States that is likely to persist over the coming weeks. DHS does not have any information to indicate a specific credible plot. However, violent riots have continued in recent days, and we remain concerned that individuals frustrated with the exercise of governmental authority and presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances and ideological causes fueled by false narratives, could continue to mobilize a broad range of ideologically motivated actors to incite or commit violence. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So, Laura, you, you're the PSA director yeah. of our Seattle office, right. and you've been given some material. You just mentioned it a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. from the DHS, already asking us to start running their If You See Something, Say Something campaign. They're trying to raise public awareness because of indicators of terrorism and terrorism-related crime, as well as the importance of reporting suspicious activity to state and local law enforcement. That was like mid-January that you got that material. Right. And they... So they knew things were building up. Yesterday was when this bulletin came out officially saying we are now under a heightened threat. Am I right about that? Yeah, but this is how naive I am. It's kind of like when you said, 
I'm getting ready just in case my kids have to homeschool. And I'm like, that's not going to happen. It's like, oh, see something, say something, see something. I thought, oh, yeah, no, we had a rough January 6th, so they want us to be alert. No idea that like something was brewing. But that's the thing is, I don't think, I think what they're saying here is there is not a specific thing brewing. It's just that they're getting a lot more chatter about people that are still grumpy and might do (laughs) bad things, right? So obviously it's enough chatter that they decided they needed to pop this out. So let us be Um, the first to say, see something, say something. Say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. No matter no matter how small or innocuous. I and, mean, this all goes down to, you know, the backpack in the wrong place kind right. of thing. I mean, we usually usually think Whoa. of it in airports. Isn't that mm-hmm. interesting? I only ever have this kind of thought if I'm in an airport or maybe like God knows how long it's been since I've been in a theme park. But that <laughs> might be kind of a, a place where I might think of it, too. But yeah. um, this is interesting. You know, they're they're asking you to, yeah. I don't know, keep an eye on your neighbors, I guess. I, I'm not sure. Which makes me think about how so often. I was just on a different interview about mentoring and the impact of mentoring. But the the thing was, it's called The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. He says most of the times that women have been raped when it's a stranger rape, they've had a feeling, but they thought they had to be nice. So often we we see something, we go, oh, no, I'm overreacting. But it's Mm kind of like really get in touch with your gut, your intuition it's probably better to say something and be wrong than not yeah. say something yeah. and be right. Yeah. Right. And right. they they know, I mean, I trust the, the you know, police and the FBI or, or whomever gets these calls to kind of know the difference, you know, mm-hmm. or, or at least, you know, the difference on a small scale. And if suddenly they're getting a whole bunch of calls about the same small scale thing, then maybe they go take a look at it. Right. But yeah. I think they've been doing this long enough, or maybe I've just watched enough documentaries on how to find <laughs> serial killers enough that, you know, <laughs> the, the work they do to weed out bad tips versus good tips. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right. It, it can't hurt to let them know yeah. if you, if there's something that, that concerns you. Definitely. Yeah. But it is, it is weird to, to think that, but you know, on the other hand, I feel like, I don't know, I swear to God, since 9-11, I have felt this way anyway. I mean, I've always, it, we, I don't think we've ever not been on a heightened yeah. sense of alert, you right. know, in, in this country ever since that happened. Now we're looking at, at homegrown. I don't remember a time, even hearing in our history books, I don't remember my social studies class telling me about domestic terrorism being a problem here in the U.S. or being any, under right. any kind of threat like that. Do you? No, but when you think about it, you know, some of the, the most major activities like, you know, the Oklahoma right, um, that's what I was thinking. City Federal mm. Building, the Boston Olympics, Marathon, the Boston Marathon. Well, no, that oh was. Oh, my God. Boston what was Marathon that? was sort of he that those were foreign actors. They were. Oh, they were. They were. Um, I, I got to get the facts wrong here, but vaguely I remember it, the che- they were Chechnyan and there was something to do with um, wanting to, to bring attention to something that was happening elsewhere. But it <sighs> did happen here and they were living here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for that matter, so were the 9-11 bombers. They were all living in the U.S. and going oh, to boy. American flight school. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 there's a swath of people that were, you know, racially profiling after those incidents happened. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Oklahoma City is not, Timothy McVeigh is not someone you would racially profile. Right. And the, um, mm-hmm. what, what what ended up being the Atlanta Olympic bomber, um, uh, Eric Rudolph, was not someone you would have racially profiled. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think this domestic terrorism is, is not anything new. What's new is that it seems so um, normalized. 
Like there's, there feels like such a segment of the population that's like, yeah, I'm mad and I'm going to do something about it and that can actually do something about it. That, that's what feels different to me mm. this time around. They're not, they're not hiding up in the mountains or they're not holed up in a ranch in Montana. Right. They're, they're everywhere, you know, or, or yeah. any, maybe not everywhere, but anywhere. is. They're not just yeah. going to look like something you saw in the movie or anything like that. Some people right. think, okay, he's got to have only, you know, he's going to need dental work and he, right. you know, lives in a, <laughs> he lives and, in a shack. Uh, yeah. Right. Yes. right. And he's got all... a ukulele. <laughs> no, right. This right. guy looks just like your next door neighbor yeah. or yeah. I saw this, I saw this meme either today or just, just today or yesterday. Which I, I think there's something wrong with me when the news is so bad that in order to make myself feel better, I watch documentaries about serial killers and, <laughs> And I had to laugh because that is true. Over the last several months, I've watched the Unabomber and I watched Ted Bundy. And the other day we watched the um, <laughs> the Night Stalker in L.A. about oh, Ramirez. That was a really, really good one. But the, the one about the Unabomber, Ted uh, Kaczynski, was very interesting because in the end, it was his own brother that turned him in. Oof. And it 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 took a long time to realize it was him and his wife. Wow. The brother's wife kept saying, you know... I think this could be Ted. And he's like, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> and then some one thing happened. I forget what it was. And, and you know, it took years to catch the Unabomber, mm -hmm. like 20-something years. And, and finally something happened. Then he went, gosh, you know what? I think it might be my brother. And that's, I can't even imagine, oh. like, that situation, what, what it takes for your head to to put that together, wow. you know, that someone you know could accomplish this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of leaves me with a question then, because I um, I was speaking to my brother in a different state, and um, he was talking about his in-laws <laughs> and how uh, some of them, um, I don't know if they're truly like QAnon people, but he said that they totally are strong in that belief and they they are like they're they're putting up food and they have they put up guns and you know all these things. Part of me wants to be like, well should I be should I be calling the DHS? <laughs> I don't know these people. I don't know how serious that is. I don't know. Right. Like what does it look like? What what should we be calling in so that they're not getting a lot a too too many calls from people like me like, who are like, well I know a person yeah. who knows another person person right. from the 7-Eleven that like rule right. of thumb right what's the rule of thumb <laughs> well if it's anything right. like um dshs which is department of social and health services cps they want it to be something you actually witnessed or heard okay okay that's good. Then, Makes more sense. <laughs> right. So if somebody tells you something, then I would urge you to make a phone call, right? <laughs> Which is put you in a hard position like you're going to say to your brother, um, you know. <laughs> uh, and his, his wife was on the line, too. And so, you know, I just remember thinking, you know, sis, do you think maybe you could tell on your cousins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know what to do. It's hard. I, maybe I need to watch more movies. <laughs> <laughs> you watch about the Holy Unabomber and make your decision. <laughs> exactly. Right. I'm extremely well informed about what to do if I encounter a serial killer. <laughs> they all seem to change their mo. So well, and plus you know. you, you don't know it until after because they're so charming. That's right. Uh, they are. Yeah. They're so charming. Like yeah. I never would have guessed. Woo, not not Richard Ramirez. Woo, he was not charming. He was mm. ugh. I don't know <laughs> how he accomplished what he accomplished, but yeah. Masks. Yeah, masks. That's that's probably it. But oh, yeah.
but it's uh, it's true anna you 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 hear about stuff and it's exactly it's a friend of a cousin of a guy that you know <laughs> and you just like you go oh my god what a what a bunch of nut jobs you know and then at some point you go i mean i suppose it's like you know if you like i was mentioning all my you know everybody around here is getting amazon deliveries right i mean what is everybody having delivered is it you know a case of, <laughs> if it's a case of ammonium nitrate then i'm gonna call you know how do we know if it's a suspicious I'm delivery i'm guessing if someone orders you know tnt that you know amazon will flag that too so yeah well if it I has don't... that skull and the crossbones on the outside <laughs> you, might, you right. might or a mr yuck sticker <laughs> right mr yuck exactly. our neighbors just got a package with a mr yucks don't open that <laughs> if the, it's like the roadrunner if a big box comes that says acne right <laughs> Explosives. Dear DHS, I saw an Acme box delivered today. But there was no Roadrunner in sight. And I heard the whistle. <laughs> now, was it was it meep meep or beep beep? Be very specific. Oh, meep, meep. I think it was meep meep. <laughs> meep, meep. Because we're not going to go if it was beep beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But seriously, everyone, see something, say something. That's yes, right. Absolutely. Oh, wait. Whoops. <laughs> we won't laugh Damn. at you. We promise. We won't laugh at you. Right? No. 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 Well, in in other news, of course, you know we're here in Seattle, and we've had a big thing happen with our Seahawks. Right after last week, we talked about mental oh, illness, and uh, not to you know ruin all the uh, mirth that we are having right now, but uh, <laughs> our joy at serial killers. Yes. That's right. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Uh, but we, yeah, I feel like it's something that you know it's important to mention because we've already talked about it. it it's so horrendous. Um. So what we're referring to is um, a former Seahawks player named Chad Wheeler. He was the offensive lineman um, who was arrested last Friday for domestic violence. And a warning, details of that night are disturbing. So yes. if you need to shut this podcast off, here's your chance. Yeah. So last Friday, Kent police responded to a call from Chad Wheeler's girlfriend of six months who said she was locked in a bathroom after a fight with Chad. She told the 911 operator she was being killed. The officers arrive and they hear a woman scream from inside the apartment. They forced their way into that bathroom and found the woman inside it with Chad standing behind her. They saw her face was covered in blood and her left arm was limp against her body, possibly due to a dislocated arm. The police report says she was crying in pain, and the report also states Chad did not comply with officers' commands and resisted detainment. His girlfriend was taken to, to Valley Med. And the backstory his girlfriend made public is that Chad suffers from bipolar disorder and at that time had not taken his medication recently. She believes he had a manic episode when he commanded her to stand up and bow to him. And then she refused, so he grabbed her by the neck and threw her on the bed. The police report stated that Chad, and this is a quote, strangled her with both his hands and took one hand crushed it against her nose and mouth, trying to stop her from breathing. They say she did lose consciousness. But when she came to, she said, Chad said to her, wow, you're alive? Mm -hmm. um, this is a, a sad reminder. If you know anyone experiencing domestic assault, call for help. 
And that's another <clears throat> another difficult one because women, especially that are in domestic violence situations, they know that person as the good person they they originally are. So when they behave badly, get off their meds, they think, oh, they're going to come back around. It's so difficult to, you know, warn or to get away. And that's what makes it really hard. So then they don't tell anybody. But it sounds like she called her parents and called 911. So at least mm. several people were advocating for her. Yeah. yeah. And my understanding is she contacted his father as well. While she was in that bathroom, she waiting for the police to arrive. She she notified other family, too, mm -hmm. and wow. could hear him talking mm. to someone on the on the other side of the door before he broke back into the bathroom uh, that she thinks was his father. But his conversation with him was very, you know, matter of fact, you know, mm -hmm. one of those like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. What are you doing? You know, kind of things. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree with you, Lori, that it sounds like there were people that were trying to advocate for her and find out what was going on and, and, and get in there. What I have not seen yet is any indication of whether this had happened before. They'd been together yeah. for six months. Actually, it happened right. before in California with another Did woman, it? and they had to shoot him with beanbags to... Uh... Oh, wow. Whoa. The same same situation of, of being off his meds and, and attacking a, a domestic violence? Yes. Let me... I, was, I think oh, I... Oh, gosh. my gosh. Yeah, okay. it said court files show that Wheeler was involved in a previous violent incident in 2015 in Los Angeles. Police had to subdue him by firing multiple beanbag rounds. Oh, and, you know, Claire, your your question has haunted me all week. Are they taking the meds for us or for them? And I think this is a really good example of you're taking your meds for our safety. Now, it's not that everyone with bipolar is violent. Please don't hear me say that because I know right. plenty of people that I love <laughs> and adore. But it's 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 just it's that you can't predict it. You don't know if they've gone off their meds and suddenly you're in a situation. She thought she was dead. She seriously thought mm -hmm. she was dying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. and again, we don't know what precipitated him going off his meds. If he just felt like, like you were saying, you know, last week, oh, I feel fine now, so mm -hmm. I must not need these anymore. Yeah. Or if if it was something else, I, you know, I, he certainly wasn't one of the more higher end paid mm -hmm. of the Seahawks, right. but I certainly think he at least had a health plan and could afford the medication. So in his case, right. I doubt it was that he couldn't have access to them. Well, and when um, you think about him being a professional, you know, this is what we. Here I feel dull. I don't. I, I'm not as creative. So maybe he felt he wasn't playing the game to the fullest while he maybe. was on his meds. Yeah. Maybe. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And then wow. I, I wonder. Yeah. I I don't know. But did, you know, did his friends notice? Was anybody picking up on it? Because that's something else. See something, say something. If you know somebody, for instance, there's somebody that I know that's bipolar, and and when they're off their meds, they they cause a lot of grief. If I thought I was seeing that behavior, I would certainly let their friends or people that might have an impact know so that they might be able to nip it in the bud, help them get the help they needed if they weren't going to listen, right? So right. it's that accountability is not to just go, oh, they're just having an off day is to be like, can we be brave enough to say, hey, are you taking your meds, you know, without getting punched in the nose, mm -hmm. you know, it's right. mental, mental illness is very hard and very sad because the people are not bad people usually. Right. But they do. Bad and it's things. very, very important. I, I want to reiterate what you said before uh, about, you know, not everyone who is bipolar and has a manic episode is going to become violent in this way. Right. Um, mm -hmm. 
there may be another pathology he has that has this violent streak in him that goes alongside, you know. Yeah, like CTE. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be that level of violence in order for it to be harmful to themselves, let Mm -hmm. alone to other people. Right, Um, right. So, yeah, it's it's so so hard. It's so hard to to live around and among, you know, Mm -hmm. people in that situation. I feel... I feel for them and I feel for those close to them. Yeah. I, you know, it's, he's a young, he's a young guy too, Chad Wheeler, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's like 26, 27. 27. Yeah. He's, he's somebody who, who would have probably, you know, gotten a next contract, maybe not with the Seahawks, but with another team, but, but probably won't now, mm-hmm. um, at least, at least not in the short term. And which is probably fine. If he can afford it, he needs help. If mm-hmm. he can go off somewhere and get help so that he doesn't hurt anyone else or himself, then that's great. You know, it's funny, you used to, there's a time when I would just sort of generically hate people who committed domestic violence, but, yeah. you know, there's sometimes you, you kind of see behind the whole situation and you hate what they've done, but it's right. hard to hate the person because they clearly have something else going on. Yeah, and, right. uh, you know, I'd like to bring up too, you know, I have the public affairs show here and I interviewed a school principal last week who has 10 children and he had to escape his wife from domestic violence. There wasn't the help women have, and so he had to first get away. Then he was worried about the kids, but he couldn't legally take all the kids, and he couldn't get her to leave. So then he had to get away, and then he had to figure out how to get the kids. And because he was a black man, he said he ran into a lot of struggles, people thinking it wasn't her. And, you know, after talking to him, oh my gosh, he's just such a sweet man. Uh, Not charming, sweet. And uh, I just had to say that. And so, you know, it (laughs) Domestic violence happens on both ends. I I think for me, the biggest thing is to say to people, I believe you, and to not try to force them into leaving, but believe them and hear them and let them know there's help available because there is, even for men now, there is some help available. That's good to know. The number to call for the National domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233 or you could visit thehotline.org. They say all calls are free and confidential and they have a team that can speak in 170 languages. Mm. Wow. This is what's so good about those hotlines. If you know somebody who's in a domestic violence situation and you don't know what to do to help them, call that hotline. They will point you in the right direction so that you can be the right kind of help because you can be the wrong kind of help. If you decide you're going to go and confront that abuser, you make that life for that woman or that man a hundred times worse because you think you know what's best. Go ask for help from the experts and do what is best for the victim until they can do what's best for themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Is this a case also where we were, you know, we were talking earlier this summer with um, the movement to to cut down police departments and, and that kind of thing, where when officers go out and, on a domestic violence call where they're Ooh. looking to, they send counselors with them as mm-hmm. well? Yeah. And they're called embedded that- social workers. Yeah. So they go along because uh, w- with the homeless camps, whenever there's anything that domestic <laughs> violence, they know the words, they know what to say, where police are like, they're doing their job. They're like, we got to get this girl away from this man right now. Right. That's mm-hmm. what they mm-hmm. know. That's what they're trained to do. And so when the when mental illness is introduced, it changes all the dynamics. Right. Yeah. So, so those embedded 
social workers. So they are they, to they are take the part of the wellness check that they used to ask officers to do, but instead they'll do it. Yeah, more so than a wellness <laughs> check. It's mo more when they get a domestic violence call because I, I because I've dealt with domestic violence statistics. If a police gets a call for a car accident or a domestic violence, they will go to the car accident. If they get a call for anything oh. at the same time as domestic violence, because the woman will always then turn around and say, oh, no, it's no big deal. And the police know that they know they're going to be back out there and they know they're most likely going to find her dead. It is such a difficult situation. Oh. And the embedded social workers, they are vested up. They have their guns. They are they look just like police officers. But they, oh. but they, they know how to dig a little deeper in the situation to see if they can get the victim to to go along with it. Right, they're licensed counselors. Wow, they've mm -hmm. had the training. Mm -hmm. They can step up in a situation, and they also step back when it's time. Um, but I, I, I love that concept because I feel like every, like you said earlier, Claire, every situation is not the same, and it's like you want to hate an abuser. But on the other hand, how often do we hear that abusers were abused? Now, that doesn't make it OK, but it's just it's sad. Right. right. Uh, something else interesting. And this is this is sports related. Actually, two things I want to add to that. Um, as we were talking about Chad Wheeler, the now former Seahawk um, accused of, of this domestic violence situation involving mental illness. Nate Burleson, who used to play for the Seahawks, and he's now a commentator on um, NFL Network. They have a, like a three-hour show that they do this week on the NFL and all that kind of stuff. And he actually took a moment at the end of the show and he didn't tell anyone he was going to do this. He took like his last word on whatever it was and brought up this Chad Wheeler story. Really? And he said he didn't, he, he was very, he, he did it in a really uh, positive way of saying this is something that's happening. The NFL has ignored it for too many years. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to ignore it. This is close to me because I was a Seahawk, all these other things. And I, I want the NFL to stop, you know, burying this story. And he didn't say it in that kind of accusatory way he mm -hmm. just said it more in of an inclusive way like we're not going to be silent about this stuff anymore mm -hmm. and i really i really give him um a lot of credit for doing yes. that in a very male-dominated situation standing underneath the auspices of the people who are in charge right um of it mm -hmm. really i give him a lot of credit for doing that the other thing too and this is a, a bit of a, of a side note is that this week for the first time i think ever or at least in many many years the baseball writers hall of uh, baseball writers did not nominate anyone to go into the baseball hall of fame. Um, not one single man who was nominated for the last so and so twenty years of, of his career got enough votes to go in, and a lot of it is because of character. Mm. Um, these are guys who had the stats, but either had a domestic violence um, charge or history, or in some cases it was steroids and other mm -hmm. abuse. In other cases, it was, um, maybe political or social commentary that they made that was considered harmful to the government. But that domestic violence thing really stood out to me wow. because there are probably already men in the baseball hall of fame who probably did oh, all of these exactly. things in the twenties mm -hmm. and thirties and forties that nobody knew about or talked about mm -hmm. and will have quote, you know, gotten away with it. And then there's the sense of, well, should character even be a piece of the pie when you're talking about someone going into a hall of fame, that's about statistics. Mm, and yeah. um, the assumption with a, from the writers was yes, just because mm -hmm. we didn't know about these things before, doesn't mean we get to excuse them now. Yeah. And, and when we wow. think about it, th those are our kids role models. 
Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly. Those are our kids' role models. So, yeah. Claire, unfortunately, that, oh, one go. of them was uh, Omar Omar Vizquel, who was a longtime uh-huh. uh, Seattle Mariner, who I just loved, loved watching play. And mm. to find out that he had some serious character flaws is just really sad. Isn't that disappointing? It's like when you find out about a movie star that you think is awesome, and then yeah. you hear that they've got yeah. some bad thing. Uh, but yeah. that leads me to wonder. When you told that story about the commentator, is that the reason mm-hmm. now that the NFL is having Amanda do her poem? Oh, oh interesting. interesting. No, you know what? I don't. I don't know if that's the reason. I my guess is that um, because <laughs> I, I think this, it's awesome. Amanda, Amanda Gorman is kind of like the girl of the moment, right? <laughs> yes, I think mm-hmm. they're just capitalizing on something okay. really positive yeah. that happened that everybody can embrace. Yeah. But I don't know what her poem's about. What? It's going to be different from the inauguration. Yeah, one. Oh, it's going to okay. be different. Have you? Ever... Can you imagine? Hey, can you just uh, whip up a little another poem? One of the, you know, that cool poem. You did? <laughs> right. Yeah. Can you do another one of those like for next week? <laughs> right. That'd be swell. Thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no pressure. Right. No pressure. <laughs> it's like baking a cake, right? You just throw in some flour. <laughs> That's and right. Bread. Same ingredients, different right. words. <laughs> have wow. you? Have you actually read her poem out loud? Yes. I have. I, to I, myself. I mean, not to any human. Have you? Well, uh, a friend of mine wanted to read it. We were on a Zoom call. And so we each took a paragraph, whatever. It was amazing to read it because the way the words flowed. You know, we work uh-huh. in radio and you try to read something and often it's like, oh, wait, you, you know, check that, edit that. But those words just rolled. They just rolled yeah. off the tongue. It was amazing. They do. It's so inspired by, so... um she, I mean, she'll tell you directly that she was very much inspired by Hamilton in terms oh, of the the, yeah. the rhythm of it. Mm. But Hamilton itself, of course, comes from a, a wide range of hip hop from, you know, back when it first started in the you know 70s and 80s up up through today. And Lin-Manuel Miranda talks about the different styles and, and genres within within and all that stuff. And yeah, you hear that all within her poem. And you're right, Lori, hearing her perform it. I mean, she mm-hmm. really she didn't just stand up there and read a poem. She no. performed it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I would make that equivalent to like, you know how we write for broadcasts specifically so Mm -hmm. that we don't trip over certain words. uh, And so you have to word it in a broadcast kind of way. Mm -hmm. And she's, uh, she's artistic in the way she used her message and the words that she chose. I mean, she was careful. She was very careful. It, it, Mm -hmm. you know, when you actually watch her perform it on the camera, it's all... A, a beautiful art. And yeah, I, yeah. I said to my friend when we were reading it, I said what we said last week, you know, she's a Maya Angelou in the making. And my friend said this, no, she is Amanda mm. Gorman. <gasps> Love wow. it. Interesting. Yes. But Powerful. didn't you feel so, Lori, when you were reading it out loud, when you would get to a certain like part and you kind of nailed it? <laughs> Didn't you feel like, yeah, I can do this too? (laughs) Well, I honestly didn't feel like I could do this because my sister writes poetry and I absolutely, I, you know, I know I'm a coach. We don't say I can't, but I don't, Uh but I'm like, I could read this poem with some fervor. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I guess it's kind of more like, not that I could ever write it, but it's just like reading along with it. It's just kind of that same feeling that, I don't know, like when you're singing along to a Beach Boys song and you get the harmony right, you know? Exactly. That's it. It's like, justice, just is. Oh, yeah, I did it. You know? Yeah. Like, I can do it too. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. She's lovely. I'm I'm interested to see what she'll do for the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be exciting. Well, you know, we've got to wrap this up, but there's a couple things I'd like to bring up. Last week, actually, it was Monday night after work, I went and interviewed a few uh, beta fish. 
<laughs> what? That's really? How, that's how lonely I'm getting. I mean, I'm like, okay. do you know what language they speak? <laughs> um, yeah, well, they they're mean. And so if they acted mean, <laughs> betas are mean, they're fighting fish. And so it's like if they turned away from me, I'm like, see, you're mean. But there was one really cute one that just kept looking at me. I'm like, is it drugged or is that the one for me? I haven't gotten one yet. I'm still debating if I want the responsibility of a fish. <laughs> I don't but know I what's went going on looked. here, but this is pretty cool. I went yeah, shopping I like for, yeah, to look for fish. <laughs> and boy, you got to get them a little heater for their thing. And you can get a double tank with a divider because they can't see. If they see each other, they get all hot and bothered. So you got to put a divider if you want to. There's that. The other thing is, you know, that I'm going to be on The Bachelorette one of these days. But um, oh, yeah. so, you know, I, I've been just playing around maybe with a little dating online, trying to figure it out. And um, it, it's hard. It's so hard. So today I was like, oh. Okay, I'm going to look at who like winked at me or whatever. If men are going to go online, they really ought to ask their female family members if these pictures are appropriate. Okay, no shirt. Delete. Uh, Kissing your dog. Delete. How about the one that's looking down at their camera? So we're looking up their nostrils. Delete. (laughs) Then there was one that I thought was kind of handsome. You know, you look nice. It was the first one I've ever done. And I just did a click smile back. And I was like, oh, no, no. So then I thought, oh, I probably should have looked through all his pictures because I didn't know how to do that. So nice, nice. There's one of his butt. He's got jeans on. But it was specifically so that you could see his butt. And I was like, what? What is this? I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. How do you unsmile somebody? It's like, it's not that he had a bad butt, but why does he think that's what we want to see? Well, it's kind of like when you go to buy something on Amazon and you can click all the way around and see the product. (laughs) I'm sure that's what he was thinking. Yeah. Every angle. And then, you know, uh, years ago when I worked with Matt Case, we had this big joke because he says, I don't know how to flirt. And that's why I'm not dating. And so one of them was like, "Um, I just like to kiss a lot and flirt. And I'm like, well, I'm out on that one. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) I don't know. It's it's absolutely exhausting. I was like, I think I need a nap after this. (laughs) First of all. I think if you meet someone flirt-worthy, you'll know how to flirt. I don't think that's an issue. But second of all, I'm so proud of you. I'm so (laughs) proud of you, Lori. You made a huge, huge step here, and I could not be more thrilled. Well, thank you. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. (laughs) And Lori, Um, I have some really good news for you. Yes. Several episodes ago, we were talking about The Bachelorette and a guy that we thought would be nice fit for you, Mm -hmm. only he was taken early on in the show. Mm -hmm. Turns out that Dale and Claire are no longer an item. So you can have Dale. So I get the leftovers. I get the leftovers. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, you know what? He was not a leftover, though, originally. He was originally the, the pick. So, okay. Well, you email uh, yeah. him for me, okay? Because you guys have already approved him. Oh, and here's this. <laughs> so because I've been single so long, all my girlfriends are like, they tell their husbands. I don't know if I already told you this. They tell their husbands, if I die, you have to marry Lori. 
And so uh, (laughs) one year ago when I was doing my retreat, I do a retreat, which not since COVID called What's Your Dinosaur? I hear two ladies in the kitchen and they're fighting over which of their husbands I'm going to marry. I hear them say, no, she's going to marry my husband. I go, what are you talking about? They're going, we're fighting over which husband you're going to marry when we die. I'm like, is this what what it's come to? (laughs) <laughs> Don't you get a choice? I guess not. <laughs> right. And and I actually, Claire, as I was looking through all these men, I thought, maybe Claire's got a good idea. <laughs> what, to put you on the bachelorette? No, to be with a woman. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe I have that idea. Okay. I'm like, some of these well, men, I'm like, for- you think this is a good picture? You think this makes a woman want to be with you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I know you got to be that way. No, I landed a good one. <laughs> uh, but here's yeah. the thing. It, it's not that it's not any better on the other side of the fence. <laughs> In fact, I think it might be more difficult. I have a feeling women are <laughs> women are more difficult. Than men. <laughs> Maybe we'll compare men are, notes. <laughs> men are pretty face. Men are like dogs. They're pretty face value. They're right there. They Hey, butt picture aside, they yeah. this is they know exactly what they want and you yeah. know when they want it. Oh, and did I and, mention uh, uh, salmon? <laughs> They're holding up their salmon. It's like, yeah, <laughs> he caught a salmon. That's so he's a Seattle. good catch. <laughs> oh my god, that right. is the most Seattle thing ever. And you know they probably just went down to Pike Place Market. So right? Like, Can I hold one of the fish? <laughs> I want to pretend that I caught this. <laughs> right. Then they superimpose the ocean behind them. <laughs> right. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Lori. You know what's oh, going to happen to you? When COVID's over, you're literally, you're going to be, go down into like a PCC to pick up a wad of broccoli and you're going to bump into some guy and you're going to, he's going to be the love of your life. That's, That's what's right. going to happen. I like that. Well, I like that. And, you know, it doesn't help that I watch Hallmark movies and then I watched Bridgerton. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it supposed to just happen magically? No, you got to go online and you got to make choices. Right. And I'm not good at shopping anyway. And so to be shopping for men, it just feels (laughs) weird. Let me ask you this. (laughs) I feel like you have a lot of guy friends that you've been friends with for forever. I mean, a lot of your friends are forever friends. Does that go with some some of your guys, the the guys you're friends with? Um, it seems like most of my guy friends are married, or the ones that aren't probably are like way too young for me. I think age doesn't matter sometimes. Yeah, I, I was know. five um, years older than my kid's dad. So I guess the reason why I'm asking is that sometimes it it doesn't it doesn't take too far to look like like maybe there's a uh, friend right under my nose. There's mm-hmm. often I think often that is the case. Yeah. Like. I preferred dating someone who I've known a long time over like, you know, just stepping into a PCC and to the broccoli aisle. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I love, I love that part, that perchance thing too, uh, but I'm thinking you might, you might look, you know, closer. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. There have been some men that I've known that were like divorced or got out of a relationship. But before you even figure it out and could be like, hey, coffee, they're already with someone else because they can't stand to be alone. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. And that is well, true. I would watch out for the people who can't stand being alone too. Right. So because um, if yeah. they're only right. with someone just to be with someone, that's that that doesn't have any quality. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm the worst Cupid. You should never listen to me, actually. <laughs> but you got such a great guy. I don't know why guy. I'm even giving advice. You got such a great guy. <laughs> but, you know, we were friends for a while, too. Yeah. I, don't, I, mean, I can tell I, you're I friends. I just don't know. When you, before COVID, you'd be in my studio and he would call you. And it's you, just listening to you guys are hilarious because you're just fun and funny. And you, <laughs> you just get along. You weren't like, okay, what's for dinner? You were like, I mean. Right. It, you guys are adorable, Anna. I'm telling he's you. He's a fun. He's a funny dude. Well, you are too, <laughs> Claire. You haven't met. You haven't met him, but no, you would I haven't really. Met kids, but I've not met him. Uh-uh. You would like get such a kick out of him. After My COVID, gosh. we're all going out for a drink. We Yay. should. We need to. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. We, we must. We must. And you know what? We will. Damn it! This'll, this'll will. This will be this year too. I think Vaccines. So too. <laughs> <laughs> vaccines rolling along maybe not as fast as some people would like but it is getting there yeah oh i feel like it's we're turning a corner by the way i've been feeling like i mean i know i'm way down the line but i've actually been thinking like i might get that vaccine just so you know wow that'd be good it's are taking, you it's uh, taking a lot of you, talking but um yeah uh is your work with like um you know some of the work that you do does that qualify you to to be a frontline worker mm. okay nope, nope. Well, then you're too young. Get behind the line, girl. That's right. That's right. I, <laughs> I, we have a, rats. Anna and I have a boss that we love, Gina Tuttle. And she said, although I'm on the top of the list to get the vaccine, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to trade a place with a teacher. And I thought that was really sweet because teachers oh, yeah. are not and should be at the top of the list. Wow. Wow. I was hearing this thing the, uh, the earlier on the radio that... Um, there was some place in Oregon where there was a horrible traffic accident and the road was closed and there was a truck that was medical workers that were hauling the vaccine <gasps> and it was literally going to expire. Like like if that batch didn't get to the refrigeration or whatever that it needed to, it was going to go bad. So they just started going up and down the freeway giving people the shot. <gasps> yes. Now, it wasn't a lot of them, but it was enough that it was like they just didn't want to waste it. You oh know? my and gosh. People, people were all angry like, oh, that's not fair. It should have gone to old people first. And they're like, well, what they didn't have time. Right, they didn't right. have time and they didn't want it to go bad. Oh, it, um, that so reminds kind of me. Lucky. Yeah, that reminds Gosh. me. Remember that big traffic jam in Seattle and there was a taco truck stuck in the traffic jam, so they just opened it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was awesome. Yeah. I wish I'd been in that traffic jam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, as usual, this has been therapy. Yes, yes it, it sure has <laughs> you guys are the best everyone should have a podcast buddy like you guys that's yeah. right and we love our Aww. listeners in fact we love them so much we skipped a staff meeting today to be with y'all oh, did you really yeah. good job <laughs> we were supposed to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries so uh so office workers if you're hearing this podcast <laughs> that's where we were we are so sorry for... but happy birthday <laughs> and happy anniversary happy work anniversary. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you'll send a memo on whatever the important messages uh, we missed. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, Life Coach Coach Lori, Claire, thank you as always. Thank Thank you, you, Anna. Anna. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, for downloading this podcast. Life Coach Lori, how many stars should they give us? Five stars. And for those of you who already did, woohoo! Thank you. Thank you. And Claire, what should they do with this podcast? Oh, they should absolutely recommend it to everybody they knew. I would say every third person that you see out walking your dog 
and also next time you need something from u-haul like some boxes or a truck you should tell the guy that runs u-haul <laughs> you should listen to listen and learn or not it's really cool <laughs> and call if you think it's uranium in there that's yes, right exactly. <laughs> stolen uranium and you can edit this out, Anna, but, and Claire, I feel like I need to have you on one of my classes because, you know, I teach publishing, coaching, and podcasting. Yes. And that's the one thing they, they put their podcasts are like, oh, I only got 16 downloads. It's like, well, you have to advertise. You have to ask people. You have to ask your U-Haul guy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> have you heard this? I think you'll enjoy it. That's yep. right. It's called shameless, <laughs> shameless self something, self-promotion. Self Self-promotion. Self <laughs> exactly. We all do it. That's right. Well, good day, everyone. This is Listen and Learn. Or, or not. not. <laughs> See something, say something. See something, say something. DHS.org. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank oh, you. Boy. That was awesome. Uh, Thank you, girls. Bye. See you later. Bye. Bye. Why? Why take a chance? Why risk a mistake? Why say something? We all have reasons why we choose to ignore the things that give us pause, that seem out of place, that don't feel right. The word why can either paralyze us or empower us to stand up and protect what we love. So if you see something, why do you say something? I see safe for my family. I see safe for my friends. I see say for my students. We see say for each other. I see say because all of this matters. We all have something worth protecting, a why that unifies this community we're all a part of. So protect your everyday. Report suspicious activity to local authorities. If you see something, say something.